0: Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Coffee Mike's back. Hello everyone. Schmedium Mike is back.
1: How's everybody doing?
0: I did doing. The professor Carl is back.
2: Hello, governor. How's <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, Ronnie? <laughs> you good? Yeah, that's good. Okay.
3: I do love the new monocle. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.
0: Coffee Mike, would you read our Bible verse tonight, please?
3: Yes, I will. I'm reading uh, Psalms 23, verses verse 4 from the ESV version. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me.
0: So our topic tonight is the wolf at the door what we're going to talk about is depression and anxiety and it was requested and it was also requested to be open and transparent and little editing as possible so here we go <laughs> <laughs>
3: when did when when did Ronnie start editing just curious
0: yeah <laughs> True story. But there's a little editing that goes on. Not much. Not as much as
2: digging deeper, I would say. Yeah, I, knew I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I put hours into editing. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see Carl sitting there. Delete it. Delete it. There's a little bit of that, yeah.
0: I'm not going to lie. So to steal a catchphrase, I hope that you guys brought your shovels because we're going to dive deep into this topic.
3: I believe it's digging deeper. Just saying, if you're gonna if you're gonna diss the man, it's digging deeper I wasn't dissing. I
2: was just, well, I was rightfully stealing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it yeah, was I a polite call out. It. I'm gonna stay over here on the shallow end and listen. I'm gonna listen to you guys dig deep for a change. Yeah. I think this is a big
1: topic. Oh yeah, it's massive. Well, I think we but I uh, had talked about it before. We have, and we talked about the I would say insurmountable avenues that this can take Mm -hmm. because there's just so many because like I can't sit and lie and say I've never had anxiety or depression but I can tell you I haven't had it near as bad as some people that it cripples yeah you know what I mean so I can't speak to that you know, because I've never experienced that. And, and to anybody who does, it, I I don't even know what to say. Because I, like I said, you know, it, it, it's one thing to go through where you're feeling depressed or anxious about things. And then you you see the other side of it. And unfortunately, some people don't do that for days or weeks or, I mean, just, you know, anytime and stuff. And I think it's one of those things though where when we think we have our well not when we think, but when we know our, we have our salvation in Christ, it's one of those, well, then everything should be fine, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, because I do know people who have depression and anxiety with a lot of things that are very knowledgeable about the Bible or very spiritual people that can you know could quote, could you know that live it and everything. But that still doesn't stop it from happening. Yeah, I think that also makes it a
0: taboo, touchy topic yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, very
3: much so. In this country, we don't give enough money to mental health. It's it's sort of the the black uh, uh, hole that nobody wants to go down. It's let's not talk about this. It's it's it's, it's
0: the out of sight, out of mind type. Exactly. Thing. Mm-hmm.
3: And unfortunately it affects a lot of people a lot more than people realize I myself never really had a big problem with depression or anxiety but once I had a stroke and damaged my brain my complete physiology changed inside my brain and I was extremely depressed and very anxious not to the point Mike was talking about being debilitated but it changed my whole personality Carl and I were talking a bit about it before the podcast but uh if we can't leave people like that out on their own, there's so many groups out there say, well, if, if you believe hard enough in Jesus, he can cure you. And that's true. He can. But it doesn't mean you don't go go get help. He gave you your brain. May, God, God did. Use your brain. Get some help. Or talk to somebody who can get you some help. That's really the big thing. Yes, maybe your focus does need to shift towards Jesus so that you're not focusing only on your depression or your anxiety. It's its its a complicated conversation to have because I'm not a doctor. I did play one on TV one time, but I'm not now. So you can't put it in a closet and pretend it's going to go away because it's never going to go away. You can't leave it alone. It's got to be talked about. You've got to get some help. And Jesus can help. With you, help, will help you through those times. If you are in line with him, he can help you. He will help you. He says he will. Yeah. But there are other means out there for help. Right. And you've got to get them, whether it's medication. And I, and or I, think,
0: I think you're right. Like, the top of the list is focus on Jesus.
3: With everything right? in life, yes.
0: And then everything else comes after that. Right. Like... One of the things that I dislike a lot for anything, like a response to anything, is, well, try harder. Do you not already think that I'm, I'm trying, trying hard. enough? Which could then insert more anxiety or depression. Because that's – I don't know about anybody else's point of depression – but I battle it a lot. I mask it more than I don't. And it doesn't have to be because the weather is not right or it's gloomy and rainy or comes out of I'm at home by myself or insert X, Y, and Z. You just wake up mm-hmm. and you just feel alone. Even if you're walking in Walmart and there's 25 other people there, you feel by yourself. I always start my morning with a devotion. And that shifts my focus, not so much on not being depressed or what's wrong with me, why do I feel this way, glass half empty things. Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? But it's more of a... Let's get my attitude towards the right way. And the rest of it will come and follow. Not so much of more of a pick up the bootstraps type thing and, you know, dust yourself off and go. It's more of a... I want to get into the word. Right. I want to adjust my line of thinking... And then we'll go from there, and I would say probably eighty percent of the time it it helps. Is okay. that a surefire? One hundred percent? No, I no. don't. I don't think anything's a hundred percent. Anything.
1: Well, and I think that's a key. No two people are alike. Yes, we are all made in God's image, but no two people are alike. So what works for Ronnie may not work for somebody else it may on a limited basis so there is no cookie cutter answer to it you know there is no magic pill magic pill there is i mean because again you're talking about um if you talk about medication which to me i have no problem whatsoever yeah with right. with people having medication, I think sometimes it's absolutely needed. Um, I take medication because I had a head injury. you know I was in a coma for three days with wrestling, you know, so I have to take something so my serotonin levels because otherwise I could be huge like just off the off the rails mad and stuff like that, you know, but I know that there's people even without that that need things like that, and I think that that when it's needed or whatever, then absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. There should be no stigma with it. Right. But I know that's still there. But there's, again, no one answer. There's no one medication. There's no one anything that's going to help everybody. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's a find it. You know, find what it is, whatever it is. You know, obviously, I I know that being a Christian and a believer will help because you're putting your faith in Christ he's the one he's the reason you're here he's the one that you should live your life for again though it's not all rainbows and sunshine you're not going to get completely cured because there's reasons that things are happening and we may never know the answers until we get to ask him we you know and that's unfortunate just like when we lose somebody, when we um, when we go through trials in our relationships and our friendships and with our family, all of these things that don't make any sense because they shouldn't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you have certain things in your life that they should just be good, just because they're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, but when they're not, I think, and I know personally, I think men do this a lot. Then it's on us to either fix it. Or we're the problem.
3: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: You know what I mean? And when you compile that with the fact that you're also not supposed to be depressed, you're not supposed to be anxious, you're not supposed to be sad, you're supposed to, you're the man, you're supposed to pull pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get it done, it's even more perpetuated, I think, Mm -hmm. to where then you feel even more on that island all by yourself because nobody else is supposed to fix it. I'm not supposed to talk about it. And nobody else is supposed to fix it for me and my family or me and my group of friends or me and my, whatever it is. I'm the one that's supposed to do this. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's not. We're, not. we're not made to live alone. We're not made to walk life alone. We're not made to walk our Christian walk alone none of these things so that is so 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 important because i think that even ronnie when you're feeling depressed you're i pray and i pray this and i'll I'll tell you i'm i'm selfish in praying it because i'm around you a lot i pray that you know you're around people that are gonna be looking out for you and that are gonna be saying are you all right
0: yeah see and here's the thing. like here's Your answer, Mm -hmm. even though I know it was a rhetorical question. But, like, yes, I do. But then there's a small, like, meh, they just are because they are. Mm -hmm. How untrue that is, like, we all know that, right? But it's just, like, I drove myself to that island, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I parked the car, I left the keys in it, Mm -hmm. and I walked into the island.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And you guys are like right there at the edge of the parking lot and be like, hey, we're right here. Yep. Nope. I already walked in. Yeah. Well you gonna be gone for an hour, are you gonna be gone for a couple days? What what's going on? Ah, I'm gone.
1: Yeah. Right? There is no right answer. Right. Yeah. Don't know, but I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and not saying that that's how it is. I'm just saying like analogy wise, right? Like that's right. it. And I'm still doing the things that I have to do. Cause like for me, I think it's more of a, I found ways to work through it. Mm-hmm. Cope with like, it. Cope with it. Yeah. And not actually like fix it because I don't know if there's a hundred percent
1: a fix right if there's a fix if there is
0: so it's more like okay I know Monday I I woke up and I'm feeling like this so then on those days I get into devotion more than I do on days that I don't not because I don't need to do more devotions on the days that I feel okay but I it's just what brings me up Mm mm-hmm and I could, think on those days
2: that I need to be brought up more than on days that I don't feel like that. Man, it's worth considering that that's why God doesn't remove it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Often we don't really seek him as much as we should until he applies pressure. I and mean, it shouldn't be that way, but it is if we're being honest. Right. And you know, you mentioned a couple of concepts that I kind of wanted to comment on Alpha Mike why does he get like to be him.
3: Alpha? I'm older.
2: Well, he was there first. I knew him first. All right. Get fair enough, fair enough. You get Uno, Mike, I guess. I don't ooh, know. Ooh, I like obvious. that. You're both preeminent in your own little way. <laughs> little way? <laughs> you mentioned stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because it is such a, such a, a, a standoffish topic in the churches, we, we sort of stigmatize the idea of, de, of, of depression and anxiety because there is that under, underlying attitude that it should just go away once you're a believer, right. which causes people to struggle with it to question their salvation. Oh yeah, And that's horrible. It yeah. should not be like that. We've got to remove that stigma because there, there are reasons why he may not remove it. Yes, he could. Absolutely. Sometimes he does. Yeah. Sometimes he does just heal and just remove things and take it away from us, but sometimes he doesn't. And when he does it, I think it's really important to do some introspection and inquire and figure out what the root cause is yeah. and why it, why it is that he does allow it to persist within us because if he does allow it to persist, there's a reason. You know. And some of those reasons are, are part of, part of the, the why we don't like to touch it because they're uncomfortable to hear and people get mad when they hear it. It can be because of, of brain chemistry. Simple mm-hmm. as that. It can be a brain chemistry issue. It can also be a, a spiritual attack. From the powers of dark, darkness that are targeting you, it can absolutely be from that. It can also be from unconfessed sin. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that can be a root cause of it, and we don't like to hear that because then it causes us to evaluate some things in ourselves that maybe aren't good and hand over things that we're holding on to. Right? You know, we've all had food poisoning before, right? I think everybody so. had it before. Yeah, yeah. I think so. You know, I don't know if it's actually yeah. been. I've clinically <laughs>
0: diagnosed it as that,
2: it's miserable. You know, you, you eat something that tastes good going down. It tastes perfectly fine until the next day, and you're sicker than a dog. And the reason you're sick is because that thing that you took into your system that tasted good was poison, and it wasn't good for you, and, and typically it won't start to pass until you expel it in a very uncomfortable way. And I think often that's what sin or even even some sort of trauma can do to us, even though it's not our fault that it was, it was taken into our system. In the case of trauma, it's still something that's poison in our system. Mm-hmm. And until we identify what is in our system that we've brought in that's causing us to be poisoned, that's disrupting our, our soul or our spirit in some way, we can't expel it, right? He needs us to identify what's inside of us that's causing us to be poisoned at a spiritual level so that he can help us to expel that. And again, I'm not saying that's always the case, For those who are suffering with anxiety, depression, things like that, I know it was the case for me, though. Mm -hmm. I know that's exactly what it was. It was unconfessed sin that I was dealing with, and it was the only way he could get my attention. Because while I was comfortable, like you talked about, Ronnie, sometimes you wake up comfortable and you don't dig as much as you should. But when you wake up pressured and uncomfortable, then you start digging. Boy, let me tell you, when he hit me with the anxiety and the panic attacks, I started digging hard. Mm-hmm. I dug harder than I, you than I ever shovel, had before.
0: Digging with your fingernails yes, right? absolutely.
2: Digging, right. digging dig into the nubs and making them bloody if I had to, because mm-hmm. I wanted it to go away. That's how it started. You know, it it ended with me being more in love with him than I've ever been. But he had to use that very uncomfortable process to get my attention. And sometimes, sometimes he still uses that, yeah, because that's what drives me forward. Unfortunately,
3: your story right. reminds me of the story of Paul who had a thorn in his side. Mm-hmm. Three times he asked God to remove it. Three times God said no. My grace is sufficient for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: And if anybody can sit around and say that Paul didn't have the faith, please.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we started off reading Psalms, Yeah, right? Yeah. And, you know, anyone that's questioning their salvation because they're, they're dealing with that, because they have this, this, this mindset that if you're a true believer, if you're a real Christian, if God really loves you, you would struggle with this. Look at, look at David, right? And that right. Psalm that we read, he says he will fear, but I think he's really kind of saying, I have no reason to fear. Right. He's not saying that he won't, because when you read the rest of the Psalms, it's very clear yes. that David struggled with things like anxiety, depression, fear. You read Psalm 43, 5, he says, why, and he's talking to himself, he's talking to his own soul inside of him. He says, why are you in despair, O my soul, and why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, the help of my countenance in my God. He's telling himself, hope in God, which means he's losing hope, and says, again, I shall praise you. Which means he's in a place when he wrote this that he was in great, in great, in great despair and deep soul sickness to the point where he and was struggling to even feel right? hope. Yeah. David was beloved by God, greatly beloved by God despite his fa- faults and despite his faults. But I think that, that circumstances like this is what it took to get David's attention. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what it's going to take for us too, and we have to acknowledge that. We have to be willing to look at the undercurrent, look at the underlying cause of what's, what's 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 making us feel in a certain way. It's not even just, just depression, anxiety. Anything that comes into our life that makes us uncomfortable or feel pressured when we feel ourselves in that furnace, we've got to look at the cause. Why is God allowing it? We have to be willing to listen to what he's telling us and to comply with what he's saying to do about it. Mm-hmm. And, and how God pressured or put David
0: through discomfort isn't cookie-cutter and would have worked for anybody else. Correct. Just like us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes it's not. Like you said, sometimes it's the
2: other one pushing the buttons yep. or whatnot. Trying to get us to stray away. Yeah, it can be a spiritual a spiritual battle that has nothing to do with anything you've done wrong. That's why it's so important to Or you might be doing it right. Is.
0: And he wants to put that doubt mm-hmm. in you. Because it was doubt that got Eve to, and Adam and Eve to...
3: Eat the forbidden fruit.
2: Yeah. Absolutely right.
0: It was just that doubt, that question.
3: Well, I got a question. Why do you think people are hesitant to talk about depression and anxiety?
1: I think it's that stigma. A stigma that's applied by the world? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because... If, the if same you're reason, depressed...
0: Hang on, hang on. It's the same reason everybody doesn't want to be transparent. And when I ask any of you at the table Sunday morning how you're doing, and you say I'm fine, even though you're not fine. Mm-hmm. Because it's like the analogy of keeping up with the Joneses. hmm Right? He's fine, so I must
2: be fine. Yeah. It's a cultural thing, too. I think, well, you know, what we struggle to talk about in America is completely different than, like, for example, when I talk to uh, a brother of mine from Africa, the way he talks about spiritual warfare, he he's open about what spiritual warfare looks like, what he's dealt with, the sort of demonic attacks that have come against him to stop his ministry stuff. You would never hear a pastor over here say. You'd never hear him talk about it. Because over here we have this stigma that if we're suffering those sort of things, we're not a true believer. But they understand over there that if 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 the Most High has a calling on you, the devil probably sees it too, and he's going to try to stop you. Yeah, it. Right. they talk that. about it openly. Yeah. Sorry, Mike, I rudely interrupted you. Whatever.
0: Check tape. I apologize.
1: No, but I think it is. I think it's a, a, a it's a putting yourself out there to. Well, I have depression. I have anxiety. So there. Everybody else may probably thinking there's something wrong with this one. You know what I mean? And nobody wants to be that one. I don't, you know, I don't want to be the known as the depressed one. I don't want to be known as one who has, has anxiety issues. I don't want to, you know, no matter what, even, even if it's something that's crippling me and that I obviously have people that care about me and things like that, you still don't want to be the one. You don't want to be the odd one out on anything.
3: True, but you know, I read somewhere a while back that eight out of ten people, so that's 80 percent, eight out of ten people have some form of mental health issue. Now, with that in mind, that means in this room right here, we three could have it and Ronnie wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So we're in the majority, but yet we're treated like we're the minority. Right. And that's got to stop. Right. It's got to stop. And
0: I'll tell you this. Because it affects me, I'm all jacked up. You know that? Like I have addiction. <laughs> are are, you, are I had addiction, you telling us? I, or are you are you
3: just reaffirming to it, us? It's that my it's
0: my own revelation. Oh, okay. Right?
1: Well, like, welcome to the club. Man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What number are you? I got I'm, I'm, You know, I'm pretty.
0: I have a laundry list of stuff, oh. but mm-hmm. um, just think of say it was six out of ten in 2019, and it went extremely high in 2020 right right like there's other things because that's how you get vulnerable to to is to self-isolate and all that so i yep. i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole that's a deep one but it's a bigger problem Or issue than what we make it out to be.
1: Mm -hmm. But see, we also have to be unafraid with those around us. When we know somebody's not okay. To dig deeper. To say, I'm not going to let you go with I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I can tell. I can tell something's wrong. Let's talk. No, I'm not going to let this go. you know. And the reason that I say that is because that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that I had an issue with my anger, with any of these things, and until my wife said something. And she wasn't my wife yet. But it almost cost me her being my wife. I'd wake up in the morning and be mad at the world and have no idea why.
3: Yeah, I was there, Mike. I understand that.
1: You know, I mean, in the rest of the day, you know, destroyed the, you know, she'd have to warn my kids not to talk to me. They were all walking on eggshells. Yep. And I had no idea, you know, so then I had to have hard conversations. I had to go back and, and talk with people who knew me, you know, in the past. I had to talk to my ex-wife and say, Hey, I know this is weird because it's been a while since we talked, but. Was there a difference in me before and after I was in the coma? I know because I need to get this checked out. This is affecting my life. You know, and I'm sorry that I didn't recognize it when we were together. But I can't let it ruin my life now.
3: I think that's a great point, Mike. You know, I, after my stroke, and I, uh, my wife said, you know, I totally changed who I was. And I, got, and I, and I knew something was wrong. I was very fortunate. I knew something was wrong. And she stayed on me and got me the help I needed. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time in counseling, trying a lot of different medications to help me. And I have to be honest, it was a long, long road before I got to where I'm even keel most of the time.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to say. I was uh, most of the, most
3: of the time. I, I knew I, I, was, I threw that one <laughs> wide open. Yes. <but>, uh, <laughs>
0: I let it breathe for a little uh, yeah. bit,
3: <laughs> but uh, you've got to stay after it. You've got to have people in your corner that are backing you. I was telling Carl before the podcast that while I was still in the hospital recovering, very limited speech and no mobility, a social worker who means good, I'm sure, came into my wife and I came into my room where my wife and I were sitting and started explaining to her as though I was not there what was going to happen in our relationship. She said, you need to be prepared for your marriage to disintegrate because 80% of stroke survivors wound up divorced because of the change of chemicals in their brain due to the trauma they suffered. 80%, 8 out of 10. Now, would you tell somebody that lying in a bed who nearly died? That's not a real good morale booster in my book. Mm-hmm. while the While the information may be accurate, I think there's time and a place for accurate information to be divulged and for my for me, that was not the place mm-hmm. and i you know I had some anger issues because I was pretty mad afterwards for a long time. Well, I told you before twenty years yep. I was real mad but uh now i'm on the proper medication most days and uh <laughs> <laughs> for the depression and the anxiety you know I take a drug called Ativan I take enough to probably knock most elephants down but I'm the size of a small elephant so <laughs> <laughs> but it works for me and it may not work for somebody else that keeps my anxiety in check I've never had an issue getting up in front of large crowds and I still don't to this day but it's a it's a different type now I feel I feel something that I didn't used to feel before I got up in front of large crowds and spoke Something I didn't have prior to the stroke, I and you can't really describe how anxiety feels. I mean, you can look it up and get the definition and have a clinical understanding of it, but unless you have it and have it experienced it, you can't discern your feeling to someone who doesn't, who hasn't experienced it. Mm-hmm. I think, I
0: and mean, I think that's the same way with with depression too. Yes, I agree right. with depression right? wholeheartedly. On like because. I could try. That's why I think it's a hard topic for us to to lasso, mm-hmm. because there's some days where you have that. For me, you have that like out of body experience where, like, almost like I'm just going you. through the motion. Oh, that one.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. Like I can just see myself checking the boxes or doing the things, and I'm on autopilot. And then there's other days where I want to shut the door, lock the key like Mike's house and have like six or seven locks into Fort Knox so nobody can come in, unplug the phone, the landline. You
3: you have a landline? No, Mike. does. He's still in my house. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. I haven't had a landline since like 1995.
0: Easy, easy. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just every instance is different, but yet the same. Mm-hmm. So you could talk about it, but and I can and even reaching out. Right? That's why, like, when I have those, I don't, like, text the group and be like, hey, it's Ronnie again. <laughs> Having have depression, you know? Because, like, it could be, it's totally different every time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's the only thing that's not different is the empty feeling. And you guys know me. Like, I don't lack insecurity hardly at all. But during those times, I'm very insecure and that's the, I think that's where I want to triple and quadruple lock the doors because I, I feel vulnerable and don't want to talk about it.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, the one thing I'm taking away from this is, you know, I I did some research and asked somebody for some help on some research for this particular topic. I began to look inside myself a little bit (laughs) and, uh, the thing I'm taking out of it is that, uh, You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He will use whatever is in your life. It will be, he'll help you. If your focus isn't on your, on your anxiety or your depression, it's on Jesus, it's going to help.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Don't give up your medication, okay? Right. My wife won't let me. She wakes me up every morning and pops it right in my mouth. There
0: you go. Okay. At least she doesn't wake up and pop you in your mouth. That was years back. That (laughs) was years back. That was before the medication. Way
3: before the medication, yes. But (laughs) what I'm trying to say is Mike hit it right on the head when we said, as males, we're here to fix problems, not create problems. We are the hunters. We're not the nurturers. That's what society wants you to think. And. It's almost a sign of weakness in our society. If you have an issue mentally or physically, you don't want to be viewed less than the person next to you. I've been thinking about it like, how can I use my particular problems to help somebody else? Maybe that's why I have what I have. I don't know that answer, and maybe never know that answer but I'm going to use it some way, somehow, to help other people. Mm-hmm. I walk around with this tattoo right here this on my arm. My son and I have matching ones. He's bipolar. And he, he was having some real trouble until we got him some good help, good medication. He he still sees counselors. If you're listening to Mike, sorry about that, but i am going to share a little of your story. Um, totally different person now. almost called him a kid, but he's not a kid. He's almost 30. <laughs>
1: He's always your kid. He'll always be my kid,
3: my little boy, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's a big advocate for mental health issues. We've got to be out there. And it's an opportunity to share the gospel, too, at the same time. Because I know, just like Ronnie said, when I'm having my down days, I want to lock the doors. Or I don't get on the text with you guys, I just stay away. I, I read them, but I don't respond or anything like that. I'm having a bad day. And... I don't share. I just sit back and wallow. I then it comes to mind, dummy. Go get in the word, and that's what I do. And it it shifts my focus from my problem to where my focus should have been the whole time. That's on Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm going with this. Again, rambling I, once again with no end.
0: I have a rhetorical kind of non-rhetorical question for the professor. Actually, wait, wait.
2: So- wait.
3: That's a double negative, Ronnie. You can't, you can't have a non-kind of... So a double negative I'll allow a positive. It. As the uh, professor
2: at the table, I'm yeah. going to allow You'll it. you allow it? Okay. <laughs> We're not down by logic. Our okay, universities, all right. all right. So,
0: Thank you, Lord. <laughs> as I think... What, well, well? A lot. And overthink. The me before... Like, sometimes the depression... Could be the root cause of everything else right like the like the main thing then but the me before before Christ following started feeling that God hole mm-hmm. self-medicating if you will mm-hmm. yep with all the wrong things or the temp fix things Quick fix. The quick fix things. And even though coming to Christ and going ahead didn't fully get it away or wash the cup clean, it also fixed it, power washed the inside because you just keep filling that cup. Mm -hmm. With the word, like you said So I think To reiterate your point I think
3: I'm just glad to hear I had a point
0: Well, I, I, I think I don't know how to word it Going back to the beginning Of our conversation God and Jesus Need to be first Mm-hmm. Because the word helps set your mind right, and then you can help get the doctors or the medicine or your brothers or your sisters, whoever is on down the line. And I think the question for you is: is that out of like <clears throat> out of line of thinking that my depression? My personal, I want you to diagnose me. No, no, my depression. I don't was, think your insurance will cover that. Could have no,
2: been, the copays, it, <laughs> Professor Carl, they're through the roof. So, I'm joking.
0: Okay, okay. Could have been the root cause of all the other the other downfalls that I've had. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that,
2: no, and I'm not saying a lot of the wounds aren't self
0: inflicted either.
2: Right. Right. Well, and that's that's what I was going to say. But when, when we're talking about depression, anxiety, things like that, it's our body's response to something else. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a response. So so I wouldn't describe depression as a root cause because there's okay. there's something causing the depression. Depression just doesn't just come out of nothingness. There's there's some sort of root cause that's spurring that onward, and that's why I mentioned that it's so important to try to dig into what that root cause is, because I know medication can be important in certain cases, like like the two mics, Alpha Mike and Uno Mike. Well, we mentioned. <laughs> However, I want to say that I think too often we we're, we're so medication obsessed in our society that we just we put that first. We run the medication first, and crutch. we use that. It's a crutch and it's mm-hmm. a cover. So we cover it up. And I think very often God is allowing the depression or or whatever it is. It can be sickness. It can be discomfort. Whatever it is that's, that's come into our, our system, to disrupt our system, to get our attention, we try to cover it. And sometimes it can be some sort of a correction from the Most High. Not necessarily for sin, it can be for sin, but anything that may be hindering our relationship. Like you mentioned, you know, Mike, about... <laughs> I'm going with this. I love it. Like you mentioned, you know, we need to have the relationship with him, with Jesus, with the Father, as preeminent. That's the number one thing. He said that whoever doesn't, doesn't love me in such a way that by comparison to their love with me, they hate everyone else. He's not saying to hate everyone else. He's saying that your love for me should be so supreme that it would look like hate by comparison. That means he is not just number one. He's far and above over everything else in your life. And whenever, whenever something hinders that relationship or separates in some way, he's going to get your attention. And it can be depression. And, and in the sense that you're talking about, Ronnie, to answer your question, I think, I think that's what you're looking at when you talk about it being a root cause because it spurred you onward. In the early part of your life, you tried to cover it. Mm-hmm. You, you tried to cover it with, with sin and activities that you shouldn't have been covering it with, and so did I. Right, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't necessarily covering depression because I didn't have it yet it led to other things to get my attention but it spurred you toward the right direction that you were supposed to be on and now you're seeing progress on that and you know, <coughs> perhaps the pressure is still there because it continues to spur you on and That's why it's so hard to talk about this in just a blanket way. Everybody listening to a podcast like this, they want to hear that cookie cut, cutter answer. This can be How like, "How am the, I going
3: to get better?" Yeah, the
2: miraculous fix. You know, at some point, this guy's going to say something that I'm going to be able to apply to in my life, and just like that, everything's going to be better. And I can't do that. I can't do that because it's different for everybody. The root cause is different. Where it's where it's coming from is different. You know, unless I can sit down face to face with somebody and talk to them in a very honest way in which they're being very honest in return and not getting angry with me about the questions that I would have to ask to get to the root cause, we're never going to figure it out. Because I think too often when you start asking those questions, Mm -hmm. we don't like the question, so we don't want to answer it because we know where it's going. Mm -hmm. We know it's about to scratch the surface of that root cause, and it's tender. And we just want to cover it up. And I think sometimes the depression or anxiety helps us to cover it up. And then we don't like that, so we cover that with medication. Like, again... I want to very heavily stress that I'm not saying that's never the answer, but I am saying your number one answer should always be a relationship with the most high. That's always got to be your number one answer because no matter what the root cause is, you know whether he chooses to heal it, cure it, ease it or just carry you through, he's going to be what you can lean who you can lean on to walk through that. And he's going to be the one that's going to be able to give you answers even if you don't know the answers today, you'll have the answers someday. Mm-hmm. Right? but you have to lean on him and you have to be willing to hear what he's telling you even when it's very uncomfortable to hear it.
3: I agree with you Carl. What I my my big thing is there are so many churches I hate to use the word out there though that tell some of their members that you know if you're depressed or anxious you know you don't have the faith. And that is my biggest soapbox I'm going to stand on tonight. Okay, mine was caused by a trauma to the brain, as Mike's was. Okay? As Alpha Mike's was. Oh, here, I'm not going to say Alpha Mike.
2: But <laughs> the podcast cannot continue until you refer to him by his proper moniker, Alpha Mike.
3: All right, my 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 trauma to my brain and Alpha Mike's Thank trauma after his coma, <laughs> which then caused a chemical imbalance within my brain. Now. I'm not saying there's some hidden sin in my life that I haven't fully flushed out with his help yet. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I want to make sure people understand that the medication is important, but what's more important than that is your personal relationship with Jesus right. and our Father. Yep. That comes first. Then there are people in this world that he has put in their brains the ability to help people like us. Whether it's counseling, medication, group therapy, whatever it might be. Whatever works for you. Because we are not cookie cutters. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just not.
0: I'm not even a baker, so.
3: No, but you don't look like you've been to the bakery. But anyway. <laughs>
0: Whoa. <laughs> hey! You ain't no, lying, he, brother. <laughs> no, no, no,
3: no, he doesn't. But anyway, um, I want to make that very clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yeah. want, I want everybody to understand where I stand on this because it's a personal issue of mine. And this is what I believe. I, and I'm not judging those that say, "Well, if he had a f- stronger faith, he wouldn't have depression or anxiety." That's that's your belief. That's what you want to believe. Have at it.
0: Well, and see, and I think.
3: But you're wrong. Sorry. <laughs>
0: that that's the caveat of the try harder, right? That's, yeah. That's the church church ease, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. Answer. Yes.
1: Of try harder. Yeah, and I would change it up to seek first. Seek first God in that relationship, and then from there go mm-hmm. to other things, mm-hmm. as opposed to first other things, then trying to go to God.
2: Let him lead you to those other things, mm-hmm. right? Let Absolutely. him lead you to the solution. Because yep. I think too often, that's another thing, I think too often, and it's not what you were saying, Alpha Mike, but it's, I think it's – That's enough of I like saying I don't it. like it. it. It just rolls off the tongue. Uh, Have uh, you said it yet, Ronnie? Alpha no, Mike, I say it out loud. No. Okay. You'll, you'll enjoy it. No, I won't. It's really satisfying. And
1: I didn't enjoy it. I, I haven't. Or, uh, <laughs> I didn't like it at all?
0: I, I won't call Tyler his self-proclaimed nickname.
2: <laughs> hey,
1: I didn't claim nothing, and
0: I don't I, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think weird. I've ever said Mike's other nickname.
2: No. <laughs> So, fair enough.
0: Well, I still. Think I'm, Car- I'm with Coffee Michael. on
3: I still think Carl should be turtle, but you know that's. That what-
2: one just didn't catch on. It didn't. And I tried hard. I really did. I know you did.
3: Or GQ. I tried that one too.
2: I think too often we have the attitude that. Again, Mike, it's, I know it's not what you were saying, so I don't want you to take this as a correction because it's not. Oh, yeah. But I've heard it from other people before. It's you know, well, I tried Jesus, but it didn't work for me, so I went to this other solution. Right. So when you're seeking Him, it's not seek Him and see if you get some relief from Him, and if you don't, move on to the next checkbox. That's not good. It's, it. it's seek right. Him throughout. Seek mm-hmm. Him first, and keep Him preeminent over your life, and let Him guide you to the solution that's that that's right. For you that's in accordance with his plan For you and his will for you don't try him Like a like a pill because right. that's not How it works because if that's how you're approaching if, if that's how you're approaching your savior He's not going to do anything for you until you break That I can tell you that right now Nope. Mm-hmm.
3: Well you know I think I think that's right in line With the way the world thinks though A 30 second wait on the microwave Is too long for most people in our society anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Right yeah because okay. it's Instant gratification a instant gratification yep.
3: So with Jesus Or any relationship in your life I didn't become friends with you guys. The minute I walked in, shook your hand and said, hey, I'm Mike. And off we go to the races. That's not how it works. You have to build. You have to be transparent. You have to share. You have to listen.
0: I thought about that the other day. You know our first interaction was?
3: Yours and mine? Uh-huh. See, so he's talking to a guy who has no memory of anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, Ronnie. Please, please tell me.
0: It was the first conference, and we were out of colored hats. And there was only the red and black one. The one I bought. Yeah, because you had to settle for it.
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was our
0: that was our first interaction, though, See, right? Not a but... very good
3: first impression of me. <laughs> I was in a real big search mode right there. No. Yeah. And you know, it, the flyer was up on the door at the uh, at the school, public school where my where my wife worked, and uh, Lisa was. Promoting it, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, we need to go to this. I'm like, oh, man, come on. That's really what I thought. I was like, no, I don't think so. But my wife, being my wife, we're going to go to this. I don't think so. We're going to go to this. I don't think so. We're going to go to this. Okay, when do we leave? <laughs> you know, married long enough know when to quit. <laughs> and uh, that's how I found out about the first conference. And it was a big deal for me. It 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 really, it really did a lot for me. Because um, then I started really searching and thinking. And now, uh, mind you, it took another, what, six eight months for me to jump all the way in. Hey, but I did. At jump. least
0: your toes touched the water. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: I was touched. and and that's important. And that that's all that relationship with Jesus I'm talking about. When we get back on subject here about. And that's why I brought up exactly I depression.
0: Mean, we sidebarked but that's yeah. why, because it was different for you. It's right. different for me. Everybody has a different rescue story, mm-hmm. just like everybody has a different issue that they're dealing with.
2: Yes, it's it's all about that process that leads you to the relationship with him, because that's his ultimate goal. And like you had mentioned, Ronnie, I think that was the undercurrent undercurrent of your question. Can can that depression be what's the 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 undercurrent driving you to him? And absolutely, it can be. Mm-hmm. He'll use anything that he has to, to to keep you from going to hell forever. Mm-hmm. If you know right. whatever it takes to get you into the kingdom with him, that's where you are created to be. You are created to be a child of the living God. That's where He wants you. The Eternal Father wants you with Him, where He is, and He's gonna He's gonna move heaven and earth to get you there, and, and, whether you're comfortable with it or not. And
0: we we were talking about David, right, and what he was writing possibly going through in that psalm, Mm -hmm. right? And how God's method for him to listen is different than anybody else's. Just like me. like It's the depression part. I've had pain for the last couple of weeks, right? But focus has been realigned. And so with me... Maybe I'm just too stubborn, and, like, maybe he can find a different way besides, like, pain or whatever, but, like, that's what works, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep.
3: So like, all we got to do is hit him in the mouth and he's focused. I'll remember that. <laughs> I will, too. Especially if he doesn't have the hat I want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
0: But you, you know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, if, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm the toughest bull in the room, but, like, if he would have applied... Pressure or pain to somebody else they might have folded instead of pursuing. Mm
2: -hmm. And you may have too if he had applied it at the wrong time. His timing is always perfect. Correct. Yeah.
0: And so where somebody else's pressure points might be tender and loving, like to me, it didn't work or doesn't work. Right. Right. And so then, you know, the little falcon death grip comes in.
3: Like, hey. Thank you, Mr. Spock.
0: <laughs> let's, let's pull the needle off and wrap it up. <clears throat> Anybody got any final thoughts? I do. Far,
3: I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Focus on Jesus and our Holy Father, Heavenly Father, and then go down the list to wherever you're led Don't be afraid or ashamed of your mental health issues. Get some help, please.
1: I'm going to start by saying that if you don't have people, you have people here. I say that for anybody listening as well as everybody sitting around the table. And I pray that you know that. I do anybody
0: that's not sitting at the table but yeah decided anybody to man. be part timers tonight.
1: Yeah,
3: you mean like Silent absolutely. Ron, Brother Bob, and Tyler the White Stallion. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Tyler the DJ. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but no, absolutely. And again, uh, you know, uh, on this format and this that we have here, this is this is one of the things that we've always done it for is if if one person is either a led, helped, struggling, anything, that's what we're here for. So reach out if you need somebody because we're here. Um, In talking about everything that we have tonight, it really led me to this. I remember it from one of the God's Not Dead movies. um, And I didn't find the exact one, but this is actually, I think, exactly what I was trying to find. I think God led this one to me. When we talked about it not all being sunshine and rainbows as soon as you accept Christ. So it says, I asked God for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me a brain and brawn to work. I asked God for courage, and God gave me danger to overcome. I asked for love, and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors and God gave me opportunities. I received nothing that
2: I wanted. I received everything I needed. I just want to read in addition or in agreement with what you said at first, Alpha Mike. I had to get one more. I had to get one more in. It feels so good to say, Ronnie. <laughs> I'll
0: take your word for it, brother. <laughs> so
2: good. About how important it is to lean on first and foremost your eternal father. Mm -hmm. and Jesus, and those he puts in your life. Because isolation will kill you. Yes. And it says this, A pastor of a small church would occasionally call on one gentleman to pray. And every time this one particular guy would pray, he would pray, Oh God, thank you for this word today and bless these people today. Then he would end with the strangest statement, And oh God, oh Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. Every time the preacher would call on him, he'd pray, Oh, Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. Finally, the pastor pulled him aside, and he said, I love the way you pray, but I don't understand your little closing phrase. What are you talking about? Prop us up on our leaning side. The man responded, Well, pastor, I'm a farmer. I live out on the farm, and, you know, I live in the country. I've got an old barn, and it's been there a long time. It's been through a lot of weather and a lot of storms, and a lot of bugs have eaten at it. He said, I got to looking at it one day when I was riding on my tractor, and I noticed that it was leaning to one side. So I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, the barn's leaning, and it's a matter of time before the whole thing falls. He continued, so you know what I did? I went and got some pine beams, beams, and I propped it up on its leaning side. It still leans, and probably always will. But I propped it up on its leaning side, and it's not going to fall down because I propped it up on its leaning side. And I got to thinking about it. When I was on the tractor, Pastor, and I was riding in the field, I thought about the kind of year I've had and some of the storms I've been through, some of the people that are bugging me and eating away at my joy and eating away at my spirit. And I just got to thinking, you know, I'm still here. I'm still standing after all that stuff I've been through, the storms, the howling winds. They couldn't topple me. I'm still standing by the grace of God. He concluded, from time to time, I find myself leaning. Leaning toward my old desires. Leaning toward my anger. Leaning toward becoming bitter or hateful at the people who are bugging me. Or leaning toward going back to the old habits and the old life I used to have. And when I feel myself start leaning toward that tendency, I just remember that old barn. And I pray out loud on my tractor, Lord, I thank you that you're going to prop me up on my leaning side. So I took the screenshot October
0: 23rd of 2020. And it's, uh, as you guys know, because I've made fun of other people who have tons of photos on their phone. Um, this is the one that I went back to most often, especially in darkest days. Mm-hmm. So, it's seven things God does for you. He leads you. That's Isaiah forty-eight seventeen. He restores you. That's Psalm twenty-three three. He is with you. That's Hebrews thirteen five. He guides you. That's John sixteen thirteen. He has chosen you, that's Isaiah 41, 9. He comforts you, that's Psalms 23, 4. And he forgives you, that's Psalms 133, and 4. In my darkest days of depression, this is the most looked at besides my devotion or the Bible thing that I look at the most so it helps me so I wanted to put it out there with the Bible verses because that was the connecting of the dots right like yeah. I saw the seven things God does for you and I got out the shovel mm-hmm. <laughs> to find those
3: that's pretty good too mm-hmm.
1: Shmedium Mike would you pray that? absolutely Lord, our God, we just, we thank you. We thank you for the courage that Ronnie had to start this. Thank you for the courage that he had to invite each one of us. We thank you for the courage that we've all had just to put ourselves out there. Lord, we pray to always, always be open and transparent when we're sitting here when we're reading out anything and when we're reaching out to anybody, to you know our group and, and around this table, to our family, to anybody, Lord, we pray that we're just open, we're transparent, our minds are open, our hearts are open, and that we lead everybody back to you. We help in any way we can, and we give anything that we can, Lord, because it's all yours. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for you and sending your son, our sins would not be paid for. and We would have no hope in our lives. We thank you for your corrections. We thank you for keeping us humble. We thank you for everything that you've given us in our lives. We know everything you've given us is a blessing, and that we've screwed it up. But we thank you for just being there still for us. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. And it's in your son's holy name we say,
2: amen. Amen. Amen.
1: And until
0: next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.